It's March 9th, 2022, and this is your Ukraine Daily Brief from the DSR Network. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top story today, Russia and Ukraine have agreed to a ceasefire in six different areas of the country to allow for humanitarian corridors to be created. This includes Mariupol and Urpen, which we previously reported as being under siege. The corridors are supposed to remain open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. local time. Yesterday saw the first humanitarian corridor out of Sumy established, while continued shelling in Mariupol and other cities prevented escape. There was a lot of movement around Poland potentially providing fighter jets to Ukraine. In a surprising move, Poland offered to give all of its 28 MiG fighters to the United States to use in whatever way it deemed fit. The Department of Defense called the offer untenable, citing logistical hurdles. Poland was hoping to sidestep potential problems involved in getting the planes over the border by handing them over to the United States. They also hoped to avoid being labeled a co-combatant by Russia. Vice President Harris is set to arrive in Poland today for a three-day trip, which also includes meetings in Romania. CNN is reporting that the United States is sending two Patriot missile batteries to Poland to counter any potential threat to the United States and its NATO allies. These weapon systems are surface-to-air missiles meant to intercept aircraft and projectiles. The move was described as defensive in nature. However, it could be used to establish no-fly zones, and yesterday, an open letter signed by 27 well-respected foreign policy experts called for just that. In part, the letter reads, we, the undersigned, urge the Biden administration, together with NATO allies, to impose a limited no-fly zone over Ukraine, starting with protection for humanitarian corridors that were agreed upon in talks between Russian and Ukrainian officials on Thursday. Those supporting this approach include former Ambassador to Ukraine Bill Taylor and Kurt Volker, former U.S. Ambassador to NATO and Special Representative for Ukraine negotiations. Head over to Politico for the exclusive. Russian President Vladimir Putin discussed the conflict in Ukraine by telephone with Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett on Tuesday, the Kremlin said. The call was said to be about the progress made in the third meeting between Russian and Ukraine officials. The AP has a good explainer about why Israel is trying to mediate between Russia and Ukraine. On Tuesday, Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs Victoria Newland said Russia is trying to up the ante and broaden its demands regarding the Iran nuclear deal. Newland said that the U.S. is not negotiating with Russia vis-a-vis Iran and echoed the top U.S. diplomat that Russia and the United States share the same strategic objective when it comes to efforts to salvage the nuclear deal, that is, to ensure that Iran is never able to get a nuclear weapon. President Biden announced a ban on imports of Russian oil in a speech on Tuesday. This includes Russian crude oil, certain petroleum products, liquefied natural gas, and coal. Last year, the United States imported nearly 700,000 barrels per day of crude oil and refined petroleum products from Russia. This step will deprive Russia of billions of dollars in revenues from the United States. In a similar announcement, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Boris Johnson, announced that the UK would phase out Russian oil imports by the end of 2022. Johnson said, we can certainly do it in a way that doesn't disrupt supply, that ensures we have substitute supplies on stream in an orderly way and in a timetable that won't affect UK business. 
won't affect UK manufacturing, road haulage, or other parts of our industry, but will punish the regime of Vladimir Putin. Hungary, however, was not on board with the sanctions. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban said Tuesday that while Hungary condemns Russia's attack on Ukraine, it doesn't support Russian sanctions against Moscow covering the ban on Russian energy imports, and that such a move would represent a huge burden on Hungary. Today, the House of Representatives is set to vote on a bill to increase economic pressure on Russia. However, the White House got House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to remove a provision that would revoke permanent normal trade relations with Russia and Belarus. The bill will expand the definition of human rights violation under the Magnitsky Act, which leaves room for additional sanctions on Russian individuals and entities. Meanwhile, Axios has a scoop regarding Russia's gold reserves. A bipartisan group of senators is introducing a bill to prevent Russia from liquidating gold to withstand biting sanctions. The bill introduced by Senators Angus King, John Cornyn, Bill Hagerty, and Maggie Hassan would target Russia's ability to sell gold reserves. The EU announced Tuesday that it would introduce additional sanctions against Russian oligarchs and Russian banks. The draft package will ban three Belarusian banks from the SWIFT banking system and add several more oligarchs and Russian lawmakers to the EU blacklist. The exclusive is available at Reuters. Moments before we came on air, the UK announced additional sanctions as well on the Russian aviation industry. McDonald's and Starbucks are shutting their restaurants and cafes in Russia. PepsiCo is also pulling some products from the country. McDonald's has more than 800 locations and employs 62,000 people in Russia, so the move represents a significant shift for the company. Their entrance into Russia in the 90s was seen as a symbol for the country opening up. Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo told the New York Times that Chinese firms would be cut off from American equipment and software if they attempted to skirt sanctions placed on Russia. She said that the U.S. could essentially shut down companies that did so. The Times also reported that China has announced $800,000 in humanitarian aid to Ukraine. The sanctions against Russia and Belarus are beginning to really bite. U.S. credit rating agency Fitch downgraded Russia's government bonds to C yesterday. In their analysis about the move, they wrote, the C rating reflects Fitch's view that a sovereign default is imminent. On Monday, the agency downgraded Belarus's bonds to triple C rating, which is six ratings higher than Russia. This will make borrowing money for Russia and Belarus incredibly difficult as interest rates for low-rated bonds are high. United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees reports that more than 2.1 million Ukrainians have fled the war. The United Nations Children's Fund, also known as UNICEF, has estimated that half of those fleeing are children. We have reported previously that non-white refugees are facing discrimination, and those issues seem to be continuing. In addition, there has been criticism of the UK as their rules have made it difficult for Ukrainian refugees to get the visas necessary to enter and stay in the country. In an update posted to their website, the Director General of the International Atomic Energy Agency indicated that remote data transmission from monitoring systems at Chernobyl had been lost. In addition, 210 staff at the Chernobyl site have been on the job since the war began and have not been able to rotate shifts as normal. 
That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip or topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at udb at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the Ukraine Daily Brief. So go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these topics, tune into Deep State Radio tonight as David Rothkopf interviews former Estonian president Tumas Hendrik Ives. Stay safe and stay tuned to the Ukraine Daily Brief from the Deep State Radio Network.